Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. It is our privilege to welcome you to the Build Your Success Podcast today. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, we hope you enjoy this podcast here at the Build Your Success Podcast. We like to build you so you can build others. We do that through our coaching, training, and speaking events, but we also do that through special guests that we bring to the show. I'm excited to have my newfound friend, Dennis Odisho here. We share over 25 years of experience in construction, so a lot of similarities in our careers and uh, had a conversation. Somebody suggested Dennis for the podcast, so here he is today. So welcome to the podcast, hey, Dennis. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it, my friend. It's good to be here, man. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Dennis. He's an open-minded and easygoing construction executive with 25 years of experience. He started his career as a union laborer working throughout Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana while earning his degree from Purdue University. So that's that's the background for Dennis. He's got a great, uh, you know, the work background of physically doing the work on the job site and the technical background with an education. So kudos to you, Dennis. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. We're going to ask you what we ask all of our guests. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Dennis Odisha? It's important, you know. I mean, people, a lot of people put their trust and faith into you to lead them. Uh, and you're not only leading them, you're leading their families as well. You're, you're providing for an entire ecosystem of people that are all around you at all times. And you know, I, I grew up with the old school type leadership, the baby boomers, where it, uh, it was tough love, right? Um, but times have changed. We have changed. As Gen X, like you, um, we're bridging the gap between the boomers and the Ys and the Zs. We're kind of like that lost generation in between those few. But it's important. Um, I've had the pleasure of having really great leaders as well as really bad leaders. And... Uh, a bad leader can cause a lot of damage, much further than just your career, uh, mentally as well. And it's important to have people that, you know, you can trust, empower, and delegate, and you got to give it up. That is a great definition of leadership. I'm glad you brought up this generational thing, because we're going to have a conversation about that. I will tell you that my children were teasing me about being a boomer, and I didn't understand what all the uh, different descriptions of generations were so in one of my early podcasts i said i'm a boomer and a, and a friend from high school said brian you're not a boomer you're a gen x and i understand now that, that they just talk about old people regardless of how old you are being boomers so uh lesson learned there and then now understand a little bit more about this generational gap and how how it really creates a divide in some organizations and cultures and as you alluded to man I tell everybody when I got into this industry, I was looking for a job and I discovered a really rewarding career. And I just did what I was told. In fact, that's what was expected of you from those boomers was you need a job. We're going to pay you to do what we tell you to do. No questions asked, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But the game is different this, these days, you know, I mean, and the game is great when everybody plays by the same rules and the rules are changing. The rules that were once made by, the baby boomers are being inherited now by Generation X. And we've got to be thoughtful and aware of the people that we're leading, the Ys, 
disease, the millennials. So it's really important. And this younger group of workers, they kind of travel in packs. You know, if you if one of them is a little disgruntled, the rest are going to be as well. So it's it's very important to keep that team dynamic in order to create an atmosphere that people want to come to work. Um, you know, a little bit more emotional intelligence on our part as leaders, awareness, sensitivity, as well as etiquette. You know, these are things that are missing from our business, I believe, that uh, these young folks want, and they deserve it. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. In fact, I told a group of people I spoke to yesterday that, you know, when I, again, I came to work, I was just looking for a job. But, but these young people, they're looking for a purpose and a reason behind what they're doing. I wish I would have been smart enough to think of that, that what we do. But I do understand that what we do has purpose. We, we the construction industry, the things we build, the, the places we create for people to inhabit is amazing. Uh, you know, launch pads, construction happens on malls, hospitals, you name it. The construction industry builds it. And that's so great. You did, you did say something that I want to, want to touch on here. The importance of compassion and leadership. You know, I heard you say, you know, how it was hard sometimes with those, those boomer leaders. And now we need to bridge that gap with some compassion. How important is that to leading crews today and leading, leading job sites today? It's absolutely critical. You know, like I said, people, they're not here just for a paycheck any longer. People can pretty much pick up, go work, do whatever they want for whoever they want to do it with. And they want to know that you value them. You value their time. You're not calling them at 5 p.m., 6 p.m. You're not scheduling meetings at those times. And it's, it's, it's special, you know, because it's long overdue. Um, a lot of times in this business, we can, we're confronted with real world problems that don't have many solutions. And there's a lot of back and forth bickering and a lot of friendships are lost. But if we keep things in perspective and understand that it's not the end all be all and then tomorrow will be another day, you know, we've got we've got room for improvement. It's uh, it's it's an awesome business and it's an excellent industry. The diversity, not only of the people, but the trades and all their separate personalities, the architects, engineers and every project is different. Um, it's it's just a perfect industry for anyone who. You know, if you were a former athlete and you didn't go pro like me and you, this is kind of how we fuel our competitive drive, right? And being part of a team was so important to me as a child. Um, just all the lessons, obviously, that you learn, having someone that has your back and you know that's going to be there for them. And that, you know, when times do get rough, you can have those hard conversations and that's okay. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. But I, I'm going to say it reminds me of a quote from John Maxwell. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes, sir. And, and being that caring leader and recognizing, hey, you said emotional intelligence early. The first time I heard that as a construction worker, I was reminded of the time I was told, don't bring your emotions to work. And how impossible is that not to bring your emotions to work? Your emotions go with you everywhere. And so we just need to be conscientious and know that it takes a team, a team of people that do have feelings, a team of people that does have emotions and you alluded to the fact of how we're so diverse in our contractors and all the people it takes to make a successful construction project, architects, engineers, plumbers, you know, concrete masons, all these different people that have their strength that they bring to a project. 
And, and as I went from building buildings to building teams, I realized it's the same thing. There's such a diversity of people and diversity of thought that makes successful teams. Yeah. So, so that just alludes right to something you and I had a conversation about, creating the right atmosphere. So how do you as a leader create the right atmosphere for your team to thrive in? First of all, it's got to be honesty, right? I mean, you have to be a person of your word and you've got to follow through with your commitments. You know, we're all given a certain amount of respect and trust when we meet people. And we don't want to give people reasons to take a little bit away because if you end up taking too much, the relationship basically fails. Um, you know, any problem can be solved when you remove emotion, opinion, and ego. And I really believe that uh, it's, there's a different way of managing a new way. And I'm hoping more managers adopt it, this gentler, kinder, more understanding way of management, because man, we've all got things going on in our personal lives. I mean, we've got things to do, pick up, bills to pay, and to have somebody who's human and understands that and doesn't think of you as just another cog in the machine, I mean, it's a feeling that can't be replaced with $10,000 increments added to your salary when you know you've got that type of relationship. So it's important. And beyond that, you'll get so much more productivity out of your team. Um, people will be happy to come to work. They'll be rejuvenated. And it's just all around great for everyone. Yeah. And I, I understand completely, you know, this new atmosphere, there's some, you know, computers based and software based companies that can have ping pong tables in the lobby and, and, and create this atmosphere of fun. We don't have that luxury at job sites. You know, we get, there's a production mindset and things have to be done and, and real estate's at a premium. I mean, you can need lay down yards and you need places to put things but we still can be compassionate with our team members and recognize they're human beings. They need to go to the doctor. They need to go to the dentist. They need to take their kid to soccer practice. All those things that your office personnel are allowed to do now in these hybrid workforces. How can we extend that, those same privileges and opportunities to our teams, but also continue to keep production and continue to keep schedules? You know, we've got to find that balance where we're all working together and recognize each other's human beings. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict, reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. Yeah, so I'm a proponent of the uh, four-day work week. I believe it's long overdue in this country, and I believe, especially in our business, that you know when we bid projects, we bid them based upon man hours, right? So if we condense our week to four days, four tens, we have an additional two days worth of float just in case. Now, managed properly, we won't have to use the, the, the Friday or Saturday for that matter. And you'll have people coming back with less soft tissue injuries, more excited, because two days are just too short for the weekend. And I've, I've, I've found this throughout my career that a three-day weekend is absolutely perfect, because around 7 p.m. on that Sunday, I am actually looking forward to going back to work and getting things accomplished. So it can be done. It has to be managed incrementally, as well as the field team 
Um, as you said, operations, that they kind of have their schedule at their disposal. But with the field team, we can use flex type schedules where a superintendent would work one Friday and then the next Friday and, and then you just alternate, right? And it's gonna be a game changer for the industry and it's gonna change the way people work. It's gonna change the production level, I believe. It's gonna make people hungrier to come to work. Yeah, and studies show that when we begin to work overtime, our production levels slip. And the, and, the, and the more overtime you work, the greater the slip is where now you're at a, a 60 or a 40% production level. So what's the point? You know, what's the point to come in and be at a 40% production level if you can give people time off and they can come back refreshed and renewed? Our industry loves overtime. They love the, the, the uh, paycheck that has overtime in it. But what if we could bring the, the production up and pay a, a better wage to offset that problem? And just rethink this thing. Let's rethink the way things are done and improve upon them for the betterment of society. It needs to be, it's, 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 it's a great idea. Somehow we got to get it put into, into action. Yeah, it's going to be a tough road, man, but I think we can do it. You know, I mean, because you look at other countries that are smaller than the United States, which are just as productive, yet they do not work nearly the amount of hours that we do during, you know, the week and the year. And even in regard to PTO and vacation, I mean, two weeks compared to, six weeks in other countries is just, you know, we're here one time, that's it, right? One shot. And do we really want to spend all of that time focusing on, you know, the career? Because we have families, we have hobbies, we have interests, we have things that we love to do that we have to do before we can't do it any longer. So it's important to me that we change or we start the conversation about changing how we can make work work for everyone in every aspect of their life. That's a great segue into one of the notes I took pre-show in the preparation. You, you told me earlier that paychecks are only a part of why people stay. So in this world of people bouncing wherever they want to go, plenty of opportunities, all, all kinds of options open to the employee, how can the employer create a place where people want to stay? Find out what makes them tick, right? We have to get to understand who these people are uh, on a personal level, not just a professional level. We need to know what their hobbies and interests are, how we can support that, what they would like to do with their career as far as further advancement. We need to lay out a path for them, which is, and have goals that are achievable and measurable. So we know what we're working toward um, guidance is very important. Uh, you know, a lot of companies have kind of disjointed onboarding programs where it's all OJT on the job training. And that's difficult. I think when we lay out the framework for these new employees and for existing employees, and we give them options and they're in complete control of their destiny, that's when you see production skyrocket. That's when you see people achieving their goals and, and it's addicting, you know? Success is very addicting. And to have an employer that can foster an environment which you can take it basically anywhere you wanna go is absolutely incredible. You don't need to be intimidated by your employees. Um, <laughs> You don't need to hold sway or power over them. You need to respect them and find out who they are and 
once you've done that and created that relationship, there's a bond there, man. There's a certain type of responsibility that you have to that person that you want to go to bat. You want to work hard for them. And that's what we're trying to do. Um, it's, it's sad because it's kind of disappeared from the business. Uh, I've always said that a lot of these companies and a lot of my subcontractors, they need people to go through sensitivity training. Um, it sounds like people have forgotten how to interact and motivate. So it's important, right? Motivating, creating an atmosphere, giving them the opportunity to take their career where they want, all the while providing guidance, support, and a path for them to do that. Yeah, that is great to hear that and talk about what their uh, pleasures are, what, what they like to do, what their hobbies are. Because when you can marry those two and you can tell a young person, hey, I know you enjoy doing this, but this career can fund that. This career can, can help you meet those objectives and meet those goals and, and explain and make them understand how you tie that together. We teased it earlier. We talked about this generational leadership and how we got you know multiple generations involved in the workforce today. I keep hearing about those millennials as if there's a bad thing. You know, they got a bad rap. And in fact, we find out today that they make up most of the workforce. So we better start learning to work with the, the millennials and, and, and start to understand they have a lot to provide to our industry and a lot to give that, that we can use and we can understand and better understand them and how to work with them and, and then sometimes for them. Yeah, you know, and it's, they are the future. They're an interesting bunch. I love talking with them and their ideas are fresh and new, but it was our generation that's bridging that gap right now. Soon, there won't be many baby boomers left in the business. Generation X will end up bridging that gap like we've done. We went from analog to digital. We went from faxing to scanning. The changes in our business in the last 20 years have been absolutely incredible. And I can tell you a lot of the millennials can work a, a computer or laptop much better than some of the baby boomers I've been around. But nothing but love for the boomers as well, right? They, uh, they're a big reason why you and I've had successful careers, but change is still needed. And it's, it's really cool to be part of this change, right? To change, you know, at least your little world for the duration of your employment and help people and give them opportunities and support them. So it's an honor, right? I mean, for me, finally, it's Generation X. It's time to step up to the plate and put policies in, in place that will encourage people to come and work in our business because it's fantastic, man. I absolutely love coming to work every day. It's just so different. And, and the timing of everything right now, um, it's important. And we've got to take it seriously, guys like you and I and, and other leaders and managers in the business. I mean, we've already got a labor shortage, right? And we need all the people we can get. Absolutely. And those are great examples of how we could do a better job with this. You know, you talked about how, you know, now we went from, you know, printed to digital drawings, the facts to the email to those things. And you probably remember, like I do, at, at times we, we were waiting on the drawings. And now, man, they can hit the send button. You can have the drawings on your tablet, on your device right now. That's no longer, you don't even get a breather on these jobs now to, to wait on the drawings. And, and I remember standing in front of a fax one day and typing that number in and this thing going across the country and me realizing 
how does that even work? How do I type in this number and a piece of paper goes across the machine? And, and then you alluded to it. Now, now we got email. I mean, you could send anything across the country and, and this technology has advanced us and helped us. And at times, you know, it gets in the way of things where, you know, young people on their phones while we're trying to work is, is a hazard. But we have to recognize how we can create an atmosphere where they recognize the, the tool and the benefits of the tool. And they rec also recognize, you know, that sometimes well, let's put the phone away and do what we need to be doing to, to have a productive job site. Well, it's not only that, you know, it seems these days that a lot of people only want to communicate via social media, email, text message. And we've lost that. We've lost a lot. Um, I don't like where the industry is headed that way. I prefer to reach out and touch people before I work with them. I want to sit with them, find common interest, bring them into my fold. So I have skin in the game, you know. I want to do this with my partners and we all have to do it together. None of us can do it alone and we've got to take it up as a team. You know, we're moving up toward retirement and Brian goes that way. Dennis is timed that way. And hopefully we've led well enough and instilled our values and mission to the younger generation in order to continue to support the construction industry. So, so much there, man, that, that we can be that, that example you're talking about for, these newer generations coming up, bridge that gap. They need us. We need them. We, we need to get together and, and, and play off each other's strengths and learn from each other. And I think it'd be a lot better work environment. So, so we set a bunch of goals for our listeners today to, to get out and, and make teams more important. Uh, have compassion with your team. Do these things. Dennis, it was great to have you on the show. How can our listeners find you on social media and get in contact with you directly? Sure. Um, Dennis O'D show on LinkedIn as well as Instagram. And obviously you should check out what we've got going on at uh, my employer, Barton Mallow, some really cool projects coming up. Well, think about that, Dennis, how building a structure, building infrastructure for colleges to use, for the community to use, to, a, a place of commerce for, for funds to be exchanged. That's what we do in the construction industry. And that's what we want the younger generation to adopt. And it's, you know, you and I can go on and on for hours about this. We love it. I know that we both of us love this, but we're going to wrap this podcast today. I want to thank you, the listener, for listening to the podcast. You, again, we want you to build yourself so you can build others. You could do that by listening to these podcasts and growing and developing yourself. Do me a favor, go visit my website, buildcs.net, where you can see the services that we offer construction companies to improve their culture. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.